What's up, bitches? This is Morgan. Hey, bitches. This is Sierra. I said that way too enthusiastic. You're way too excited. (laughs) And this is Bitches Bitches and Murders. Five, four, five. Five, four, five. Feeling it. Okay. No. Today. (laughs) Today, 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 today. You're too excited. I am really excited. I don't even know why. This isn't even the best one I have, but uh, <laughs> I just like calling him Burger Boy. So <laughs> I hate that. That brings me a lot of joy. Um, so this is Joseph Roy Metheny. Metheny? Metheny. <laughs> like Bethany, but with meth? Yeah. Oh, I but hate that. But with meth. <laughs> it's very appropriate. You'll find out later. It's very appropriate. Or as I call him, Burger Boy. Uh, but dun, he was also dun, known dun. as Tiny, even though. He- <laughs> okay, I peeped the picture and he's not tiny. Yeah, that's that's the joke. Because he's like 6'1 and he was like 400 pounds. <laughs> Formal petition to stop nicknaming big dudes tiny. Yeah, I think it's dumb. Formal petition. Yeah, let's not do that anymore. So I'm going to call him Burger Boy because Tiny's stupid. <laughs> okay, so there's a couple of stories, but I'm going to try and make sure everything makes sense. So the first story I'm going to give you is his attorney's story. So like in court, his attorney was like, this is his life. So we're going to hear that first. Okay. Okay. So he grew up in Essex, Maryland. I mean, that part's right. (laughs) Uh, That is true. Uh, His father was an alcoholic who was killed in a car accident when he was six Um, his mother neglected her six children while she worked double shifts at work. Um, and then he often said that he had been sent by his parents, like his mom to live with other families, like, like a kind of like a foster home situation. Cool. We're off to a great And he was just kind of like, yep. She just ships me off to these other families. Oh my God. Um, oh, yep. He is biting my toes. Oh God. That is a, that is a panda. A, a trash panda. A in wreck. case you missed the explanation in the last episode, uh, there's a baby raccoon just constantly attacking our toes. So yep. if you hear any like yelping or giggling, it's because our toes got attacked. Yes, he was very attached to my toe by a vicious trash panda. He also said in court, okay, that his mom died. So he was like, "My childhood was so shitty. My dad was an alcoholic. He died when I was six. My mom was shitty. She threw me away. <laughs> also, she died." Okay, so here's what has me concerned about that statement is that you said, he said in court. Yeah, he did say that in court. Right. But was it true? Absolutely not. <laughs> okay, <laughs> cool. Nothing this Let's man says is true. casually lie about our parents dying. My literal next statement is, his mother is not dead. Plot twist. <laughs> <laughs> Plot twist. <laughs> so they were like in court, like, my mom died. She was a piece of shit. My dad was a piece of shit. Therefore, I am a piece of shit. Uh, I'm not going to argue with that last one. And then, the, and then the prosecution was like, here's his mom. <laughs> Shut the fuck up. She was in court. <laughs> no. I wasn't ready for that. So her like. Shut yeah, she like testified up. in court. Shut up. And she had much different things, like many different things to say about their childhood. Shut the actual fuck up. Which, before I say what she said his childhood was like, I'll give a little disclaimer that I think 
they're both exaggerating, and I think it was kind of somewhere in the middle. Because she takes a very much, like, he had a perfect childhood, nothing was wrong. And he takes a very much, like, my childhood was the worst thing that's ever happened to anybody. So I feel like it was kind of, like, right in okay. the middle. So I, I see you trying to move on. But I have not <laughs> moved on from the fact that his mom was sitting in court and testified. And he was like, yeah, my mom died. They're like, you want to say that again, bitch? <laughs> She's literally right here. Could you imagine, like, if either of us tried to pull that with our moms, we'd get our shit kicked. Yeah, I love she, you, mom. Uh... I will never lie about you being dead. I just, like, you had to know. She, I mean, you, you knew she wasn't dead. Like, just, why are you lying under oath? Like, you had to know they'd, like, try to find it or something. I can't wrap my brain. I'm going to let you move on because I'm not going to get over oh, this anytime soon. Oh, we have so, <laughs> so much more shit to get into. Oh You're God. not prepared. Okay. So her side of the story, um, when he was, like, she worked dumbbell shifts at work. Um, bitch, first of all, she was a single parent of six children. Ooh, yeah. Okay. Six children. She worked three jobs. So she worked as a waitress, a barmaid, and a food truck driver. And she said that she literally did this to, like, keep them afloat. Oh, like, And they were really poor because, obviously, she was a single mom of six kids. Yeah. But, like, she always made sure that they, like, never went hungry. Like, they, you know, were never homeless. Like, mm-hmm. they never... Like, they were poor, but, like, she made sure her kids didn't know how poor they were kind of a thing. She was rocking the single mom game. Exactly. And he, like, claimed that they'd been homeless and, like, how shitty she was. And she was like, uh, bro, I worked three fucking jobs to support your stupid ass. Like, don't come for me. <laughs> go go in. Uh, they never even were, like, on welfare or anything. Because she, like, kept them, like, Get above it, the... Yeah, like, above the poverty line. Um, she said that he actually was, like, a very good student. Um, super polite. He was very, very sweet. Uh, mm-hmm. Very, very intelligent. Um, apparently, he also loved to bike ride. I just threw that in there since he ended up being like 500 pounds. But like as a kid, his favorite <laughs> thing to do was bike riding. Right. So where does this, where does the epilepsy uh, <laughs> epilepsy? <laughs> we'll try that again. Uh, where did the epilepsy? <laughs> <laughs> Uh, I was really waiting for that. <laughs> when did he start having seizures? When did he smack his head on something? When was the dresser dropped? When right. was the, the swing hit his? Where did it go wrong? Oh, you're not prepared. Okay, so this epilepsy. is epilepsy. Ha! This is why I say it's like no, middle of the road because here is a direct quote from his mother in court. Okay. He was smart and had a good childhood. If he was neglected, it was his own fault. It was a pretty good home. Okay. <laughs> yes, you finally snorted during an episode. I just love that, like, if he was neglected, it was his own fault. Don't you fucking come for me. <laughs> that might be my favorite quote from any case that we've done so far. Like, she's so sad. It was his own damn fault. I just imagined her, like, storming in court, like, that bitch that I was dead, I'm right here. I worked three fucking jobs. Don't listen to shit. <laughs> he was neglected. It's his own damn fault. I know this doesn't take place in the South, but I'm picturing like this <laughs> sassy Southern woman that's just like mad. I love her so much. <laughs> like busting into the door is just I'm madder than a hornet in coke can. <laughs> so apparently, this boy he didn't even admit this, which is kind of strange. But she said that he also served in the military in Germany. Um. 
Um, but like, it was really weird because like she said he served in the military, but then when they looked at military records, they couldn't find any evidence. They record that shit. Yeah, they couldn't find any <laughs> evidence, and then uh, U.S. like involvement in the war had like ended by then. So like they were kind of like, we didn't need him. And also, <laughs> I was here for the mom, but I'm not here for the mom anymore. Yeah, he was addicted. To, I I literally wrote he was addicted to drugs. However, just like no, no segue into please, that statement. Please tell me it was meth. Please tell me that methany was on meth. I think actually, there's no other acceptable option. I don't I don't know why I wrote it like this. I was just like U.S. direct involvement had ended by that time as well. He was addicted to drugs, however. And then it just immediately goes into murders. Like, there's no, I put no more details for some bizarre reason. You need to stop writing your notes at 3 a.m. <laughs> okay, so murders, apparently. That's where we are now. Okay. So, around 1988, question mark, <laughs> uh, he had a son with, oh, it must be heroin, because I wrote with another addic- heroin addicted woman. Oh. So. Damn it. Heroin. Uh, I think, if I remember right, though, he did, like, a bunch of different drugs. Like, he kind of just did a little bit of everything. Because I feel like most people who do heroin, like, have also done meth and, like, other drugs. Methany, they kind of go hand in hand. You had an opportunity here. You had the only opportunity. Wait, Come on. Is he still alive? Can we spoiler alert? Uh. 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 <gasps> <laughs> okay. I'm pretty sure. Good talk. Sorry. I'm just trying to find. Oh, no. He died in 2017. where is it okay so so okay so he had a son with this girl who was also addicted to heroin and then she left them like left him Mm -hmm. and got with another dude who was addicted to heroin and like just took their kid and so like he said he was like yeah that was the catalyst like that like that moment when she took my son because he always said like I don't give a fuck about her. Like she could leave, but he was always pissed that she took his son. Okay. Cause he didn't think she was like a fit enough mother and he didn't want like some random dude raising his son. I mean, neither of them were probably fit enough to be parents, but exactly. I'll, so I like digress. his original plan was he was going to kill her and kill the guy. Oh, because he found out that they had lost his son to CPS and he was like furious because he couldn't get his son back from CPS because he had a prison record. For, like, drugs. Like, I couldn't find when he was, like, arrested. But I they said that he had multiple, like, run-ins with the law for, like, drug possession and stuff. So he couldn't get his son back. And he was, like, pissed about it. So. I am just. Nope. Okay. In the 19. <clears throat> my throat is gross. Okay. Uh, in the 1990s, he was homeless. Okay. Uh, <laughs> he was roaming with bands of homeless men. <laughs> And living in filthy makeshift camps in South Baltimore. You know, the ideal lifestyle. Okay. No rules. <laughs> uh, so he spent yeah. all his money on crack, heroin, and Southern comfort. Oh. My kind of man. <laughs> Southern comfort? Really? I know. What a bad choice. Yikes. Come on. Like, at Judging least, like, you for your alcohol choices. Literally anything is better. I think... My mom might have a Southern Comfort story. I feel like everyone has a Southern Comfort story. Or maybe it was Peach. I can't remember if it's Southern Comfort or Peach Schnapps, but one of those she can't drink anymore because she drank a ton of it and, like, just got super sick. And now she just can't do it anymore. Sorry for ratting you out, Mom. (laughs) 
in, I feel like in her defense, I think she was like 21 when this happened or like 22. So, okay. So weirdly enough, even though he was like a crack heroin addicted homeless man gross human being uh he actually had a steady job as a forklift driver at the joseph stein and son pallet company okay so you're not even like homeless by circumstance you're homeless no you're homeless because you want to do drugs drugs over roofs right can we get that on a t-shirt drugs over roofs <laughs> drugs over roofs <laughs> and then during this time he was known as also like extremely intelligent well-spoken well-mannered like <laughs> i think there's a dog casually throwing up it sounded like it. that's only okay <laughs> has anybody seen christmas vacation yes <laughs> the, the scene where the dog's like hacking under the table he's yeah. like oh it's all right he just got a bone oh there it is we're now just licking my toes oh, he was <laughs> anyway sorry Okay. Sidebar. 1994. He murders Kathy Ann Magaziner. <laughs> Hate it. What is with these last Hate names? Hate it. Uh, she was a 39-year-old prostitute. Oh. And he buried her in a shallow grave at the site of the pallet factory where he worked. Guys. Because it's always best to murder or to, <laughs> to bury people right where you work. Stop. Digging shallow graves. That's right where how you work. This shit gets discovered. Also, right on yeah. your job site. Why are you doing it on your job site? <laughs> and he uh he strangled her to death. And then oh. okay. six months after killing her, he dug up her skeleton, took just the head, and put it in a box, and he threw it in the trash. Do you want to run that by me again? Okay, so six months after killing her, he dug up her skeleton, took just her head, put it in a box, and threw it in the trash. You know, I want to say it was like a they can't get her dental records thing, but uh, I think finding her in the trash would be way easier than finding her in the grave. I really also wish just smash the teeth. Everybody could see mine and Charles's faces right now because we're confused. That makes no sense. Uh, you know, he's a crack heroin southern comfort addict. I don't think he's going to make much sense. Wait till we get to his confession. Oh, God. Just wait. Okay, so also... I just can't with this anymore. In 1994, Tony Ingracia... Bless you. I also don't like that one. <laughs> she was 28. She was found deceased near Interstate 95, which was like a really short distance from his work. Mm -hmm. And she had been stabbed and strangled. Oh, good. So in 1995, hey. he was arrested and tried for murder in a different case for killing two 33-year-old homeless men, Randall Brewer and Randy Piker. No, not Brewer. I love that they're, they're both 33 <laughs> and they both have the same name. The, the joke there is that we have a friend whose nickname is Brewer. But not that Brewer. He's safe. He's still alive. And making great alcohol. And we love him to death. We really do. Uh, so both Wait, of them. So they were Randy and Randy? Randy and Randy. Randy squared. Randy squared. They're both 33. Do they make you Randy? I hate myself. <laughs> I also hate you. It's okay. Uh, so they were both killed with an axe uh, in a, like a tent city under Baltimore's Hanover Street Bridge. Okay, they go off. Um, so there had been like dis 
I thought this was hilarious in like a horrible way. Uh, so there was like disputes between rival groups of homeless men, <laughs> which I didn't know homeless people had like gangs. <laughs> like I didn't know there was like disputes between groups of like homeless people, which I guess it makes sense for like territory and stuff. But I have never once thought about that or considered that. My brain has officially decided that it's like veterans versus non-veterans. Yeah, we're not even to also, the weird stuff Also, can we stuff do something yet? about the fact that there's so many homeless veterans? Random no, political Literally blog. so many homeless people literally just do anything. Thanks. Yeah, but that that's what my brain has decided, was that, like, all of the veterans are in a group, and then, like, all of the non-veterans are like, fuck you guys, we're going to make our own group, because we're apparently not cool enough for your group. All the schizophrenics are in their own, <laughs> their own group. Nope. I changed my mind. They're all split up by mental diseases. <laughs> all of the schizophrenics are with each other. I just, okay. So then it gets kind of confusing because uh, the axe that was used to kill these two men was stolen by a man named Larry Amos, and he used it to kill another homeless man what? named Everett W. Dowell. So, like, when they found out about that murder, at first they were like, oh, this dude did the other murders. And he was like, no, actually, I, like, stole this axe from, like, someone who murdered those people. So it got weird. Uh, so the bodies were discovered August 2nd of 1995. And so Larry Amos was convicted of murdering Everett. But Methany, like, they knew Methany did it, but mm -hmm. they just didn't have, like, the physical evidence to tie him to it. Because in the process of, like, Larry stealing it and doing all the stuff, like, pretty much all the physical evidence on the weapon was, like, gone. Fair enough. Um, so he later admitted he was like, yeah, I, I did that shit. <laughs> like, totally did it. Oh, my God. Uh, so mid-November of 1996, he kills Kimberly Ann Spicer. Weirdly enough, I have a Facebook friend that has this exact same name. So that's strange. Can we stop relating this case to people we know? <laughs> uh, so she was 23, and he stabbed her with a knife. Okay. Uh, he met her at the Borderline Bat and Rest... Oh, bar. I'm assuming that means bar. Borderline bo Bar and Restaurant. I can't say words. But, like, why would you name a restaurant Borderline? Who wants to go to the borderline bar? Because they all have borderline schizophrenia. <laughs> it's just homeless people there, apparently. In uh, Arbutus, which is a Baltimore suburb with a wonderful name. I also want to live in Arbutus. Yeah. So here's my issue is that you pick cases that are fucking disgusting. And so far, this is not disgusting. We haven't gotten to the gross part yet. Yeah. That's what makes me concerned. Oh, yeah. You're not. You're not going to be okay. I don't so, trust you. Kimberly Ann Spicer was found under a trailer that was less than 10 feet from his own trailer. So he's really fucking bad nice. at hiding bodies. Like, remarkably bad. To, okay, random sidebar. Um, one of my coworkers listens to the podcast and makes fun of me for when, whenever I go into these little, like, don't do fill in the blank. And he's like, these are life lessons with Sierra. So life lessons with Sierra... Don't bury your bodies 10 feet from where you live. Go farther away than that. Or in your house. I'm looking at you, Edward Kemper. I'm <laughs> Edmund Kemper. I always get those mixed up. Uh, I'm looking at you, John Wayne Gacy. I'm looking at you, Jeffrey Dahmer. Stop it. Madame Delphine Marie LaLaurie. Stop it. <laughs> okay. Stop putting bodies in your basement. 
So December 8th of 1996, uh, Metheny kidnapped and attempted to rape a girl named Rita Kemper, uh, who he was friends with and used to do crack with. You know, crack friends. What? Uh, he, like, invited her over, like, so they could, like, share drugs. So at this point, he had moved into, like, back at the previous murder as well. Like, the job site that he was at, they really, really liked him. Because, like I said, like, he was very smart, very well-spoken, like, very polite. So they offered him, like, he could live in, like, a trailer that was, okay. like, on the property. So there was his trailer and, like, the foreman's trailer. And they were, like, really close to each other. So, like, he was bearing and killing these girls, like, right next to, like, his foreman. Good God. Um, but he, yeah, so he was, like, in a trailer at his job at this point. Um, so he brought her in, you know, gave her drugs. And then he tried to have sex with her. And she was, like... Ew. Uh, I don't know. She said that, but she said no. Uh, I mean, it's the 1990s. There's a fair chance that she was just like, ew. 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 Uh, so she ran away. Uh, he chased her, which is remarkable because he was so big. Uh, beat yeah, her up. Impressive. Dragged her back to the trailer and then tried to rape her again. And he told her, I'm going to kill you and bury you in the woods with the other girls. Which is hilarious because buried them not in the woods literally just right next to him but okay i mean um, dude was like 500 pounds you really expect him to walk all the way into the woods but like then why stay at the woods i don't know i just don't get it for the nothing this man says makes sense let me just we're gonna talk more about that later but he doesn't make a lot of sense so she actually managed to get out of a window in the trailer and like ran to police like she she literally ran like naked like two because there was like police right on the other side of the fence no and he literally just described like because he she ran to police that literally could like see his trailer from where they were and then he literally came out of the trailer and tossed the police her stuff because he was like there's no way i'm gonna get out of this (gasps) so he literally just comes out with like her shoes and stuff and just tosses them to the police officers i (laughs) man's got balls you gotta give him Something. I mean, he did also just do crack or heroin or meth or some form of or drug. Something. But uh, I mean, still, that's how do you just nonchalantly like balls, yep, dude? There's your stuff. But he uh, did not get arrested. I'm sorry. What did not did not go to did not get arrested? Didn't go okay to prison. Wait, wait, wait. You're telling me. That a butt-ass naked woman ran to the police. He followed her, threw her stuff at the police, and they were like, all right, have a good night, sir. I mean, you have to think that they're both crack addicts and, like, the police care significantly. Unfortunately, the police care significantly less about drug addicts. Like, they literally did nothing. So, now we're starting to get... I mean, obviously, we've already gone a little bit into the fuckery. I think we've mentioned this multiple times, but, like, it's so detrimental when somebody does... So many of our serial killers have done this, where they've, like, tried to rape somebody, or they have successfully raped somebody, and it gets reported, or they get found out, and nothing happens. And this is so detrimental because then you give them this idea of well i can do anything and nobody's gonna give a shit and this is why we believe people when they say they were raped because otherwise then you have serial killers (laughs) 
Well, that got really political, and I'm not even going to argue I mean, with but it. like, <laughs> a lot of these people do start out, like, a vast majority of them start out with mm-hmm. raping people, and then I it mentioned uh, gets into that, Richard so. Ramirez, like, a couple episodes yeah. ago. Where he, like, tried to rape somebody while he was working at a hotel. And they were like, well, we don't want to come back into town to, like, charge him for it, so. Exactly. And then it's like, serial killer. Yeah. And then they get this idea that, well, Jeffrey Dahmer raped boys before he got into murder. Mm -hmm. Like, a lot. Like, a vast majority of them do. Start convicting people for rape so we don't have serial killers. Okay. So, this part part gets really fuckery filled. Okay. I'm not ready. Where is it? Hold on. Okay, so he asked after this incident, he asked a friend of his to help him bury the body of Spicer because he has not buried her yet. He'd been hiding her at the factory site since he killed her a month earlier. So I bet she was smelling like a rose. Oh my god. Uh the the friend was like No. No. <laughs> uh no. And reported him to police on December 15th, and he was arrested and charged with her murder the same day. Ironically enough, the owner of the business was also arrested because him, like, so Metheny got arrested. They both did. Mm -hmm. They were leaving the work Christmas party together when they got arrested. Mm -hmm. And then he got arrested for her murder, and then the owner got arrested for, like, uh, disposing of evidence. But, like, I'm not really sure. I couldn't really find if he, like... Like, did the... Because, I mean, I could see disposing of evidence because the bodies were, like, on his property, but mm-hmm. I don't know if he actually knew anything about them. I was going to say, if he didn't know anything, then that's kind of stupid to charge him, but go off, whatever. Yeah, I don't even know if he, like... He was arrested, but I don't know if he was, like... We're not going to charge somebody convicted. for attempted rape, but uh, we're going to take somebody in because a body was on their property. Yeah, so once he was arrested, he just started confessing to other murders, <laughs> um, and he led them to, like, the graves of the like the other girl um and so the police said that he had chosen young white women who were prostitutes or drug addicts and or both and all of the killings involved brutal sexual assaults Mm -hmm. he was also indicted for killing the tony lynn and gracia Mm -hmm. and but those charges were dropped because of lack of evidence even though he confessed to doing it we literally just talked about this (laughs) yeah guys if somebody confesses to killing a person and you find the body, maybe, maybe take their word for it. Just maybe. And then he also claimed to have killed three other prostitutes along Washington Boulevard in Baltimore. But he said that he threw their bodies in the Patas- Pat- oh no, Patapsco <laughs> River. But none of the bodies were found, which isn't really that surprising for being in a river. Strangely enough, rivers move. <laughs> yeah. So they can't, they couldn't like say. Yeah. Um, he also confessed to killing the two people from earlier, the two homeless people. And he confessed Mm -hmm. to killing another guy, uh, just because he was in the wrong place at the wrong time. End quote. I'm sorry. What? He was just like, yeah, he was there. I was mad. He probably shouldn't have been there. Sucks. So I'm done. No, I'm there's there's done. so much more that you're not ready for. I, know, I haven't even gotten into the bad parts. It's the worst part. <laughs> okay, so at his trial, his attorney 
they kind of said like all the stuff I said earlier about his like home life, trying to paint this picture of like he was so abused as a child, like his mm-hmm. childhood was awful, like he had no choice but become this way. Um, his attorney also said that he was remorseful and that drugs and alcohol had changed his personality and made him violent. Mm-hmm. And on that note, <laughs> I'm sorry, I'm just picturing Chicago. A mini, uh, <laughs> um, a mini, 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 mini episode within this episode. Uh, we're going to talk about alcohol-induced psychosis real fast. Oh dear. And I'm going to tell you why this is fucking bullshit. And his attorney's a dumbass. Uh, okay, so get comfortable. Morgan's about to go off. I am ready. So psychosis is the disruptions of a person's thinking and perceptions of the world. That's it. Don't know why I ended that like it was a question. (laughs) That's just it. You don't really know the difference between reality and kind of your own delusions. Mm -hmm. Uh, That's just kind of psychosis. Um, So obviously this can be hallucinations, delusions, persistent thoughts, emotional changes, uh, drastic changes in behavior. Um, It's usually temporary, but obviously can be permanent. Um, so there's three different kinds of alcohol induced psychosis. There's acute intoxication, alcohol withdrawal, and then chronic long-term alcohol abuse. Okay. Um, so psychosis is really like, it's not that common just to happen in people who drink alcohol. Like it's much more common if you already have like a psychosis based disorder. So like if you're schizophrenic Mm -hmm. and you binge alcohol, like you're much more likely to get alcohol induced psychosis. Okay. But like, it's not that common for people who don't wouldn't normally have psychosis. Like you're not just going to magically get psychosis one day. It literally happens. How that works. What? It happens in 0.4% of the general population. Oh yeah. That shit's not happening. Yeah. So the acute symptoms, oh no, I exit out of it. Hold on. SOS. Okay. So the acute symptoms are unusual aggression, prolonged sleep, impaired consciousness, transient hallucinations, delusions, and amnesia. So Frankenfeast. So (laughs) (laughs) accurate. All of our Renfair friends are going to laugh at that joke. Um, So, I mean, like, technically technically that could apply because obviously he had unusual aggression um probably hallucinations i wouldn't be that surprised yeah um the withdrawal one doesn't matter because he was still abusing so like obviously it wouldn't be from withdrawal and then long term gives you hallucinations um mood disturbances mood swings delusions um you can get like severe paranormal or paranormal (laughs) paranoia (laughs) you can get ghosts you can get ghosts from drinking too much alcohol and that's my psa on why you shouldn't drink alcohol that's why he was doing drugs he had ghosts in his blood and he had to do cocaine about it exactly (laughs) 1800s medicine i'm looking at you and so there's just it's just not it's just not it's just not a thing it's just not like if you look at it like i mean he wasn't having hallucinations he wasn't Mm -hmm. having delusions i mean he was having like unusual aggression i suppose but like okay but he was also mm -hmm. drinking alcohol and doing drugs like that that aggression is gonna happen yeah like and it's just like mm, no yeah i don't I don't buy your psychosis bullshit. Yeah, I just, I hate it. It's dumb, and it doesn't apply, and it, it's dumb. It's, it's dumb. Okay. Anyways, back to the trials. Uh, so he was tried in 1997 for the Rita Kemper case. That was, okay, 
So he was charged later. I forgot about that. That was the girl who got away and mm-hmm. found the cops and all that yeah. jazz. Uh, so he was given a sentence of 50 years for kidnapping and assaulted sexual ass- assaulted a sexual assault. That makes sense. <laughs> Attempted sexual assault. Yeah. Um, but he was acquitted of attempting to murder her. Even though he straight up was like, I'm going to kill you, bury your body with these other girls. And then they found that he buried other girls and, like, that wasn't a joke. Like, it wasn't like he was just saying that. Like, they actually know he killed other people. (laughs) I have a case for you later that has a similar thing where they were like, oh, yeah, no, this isn't, this doesn't make sense, so there's no way. And it's like, "What what are you doing? Stop that. And then, so in 1998, he was sentenced to the death penalty for the murder of Spicer. Okay. And he said at this trial that he committed the murders because he enjoyed mm-hmm. it and he had no other reason besides he got a high from it. Gross. Fucking gross. Yeah. Uh, in August of 1998, he pled guilty to murdering and robbing Magaziner and got life in prison for it. Okay. And the jury debated for less than two hours before they convicted him. Go off. Um, so his death penalty was actually overturned in 2000 and it was reduced to life without parole. So the original, like... So there's no guillotine in this one? No. Damn it. Like, the whole reason they gave him the death penalty is because... The, okay, this makes no sense to me. <laughs> so they gave him the death penalty because they said it was, like, a robbery and a murder. Okay. Uh, but then they decided later on that, like... And also just from what he said that, like, he just did it because he liked it. So they ended up, like, taking back that robbery charge because, like, he didn't actually rob her. He was just murdering her because he wanted to murder her. So that... Because he didn't do, like, the two major crimes, they, like, knocked him down to life without parole. But I think murdering someone just because you like murdering someone is way worse than murdering someone because you were robbing them and it just, like, went a little too far. Like, I'd be like, let's just give him another death penalty. Because, actually, he's just a fucking asshole. Like, he's not robbing people. He's just a weirdo. No. (laughs) No. (laughs) I knew you would hate that. (laughs) Fucking no. That's Oh, my God. He actually begged the court for the death penalty back. He said, the words I'm sorry will never come out for they would be alive. Or alive. Alive. (laughs) Alive. He's okay. Let's try that again. The words I'm sorry will never come out for they would be a lie. I am more than willing to give up my life for what I have done to have God judge me and send me to hell for eternity. Okay. Now that I have that quote. I'm going to justify the court just a smittily bit because, because he wanted it. He wanted it and was like, yeah, just kill me. Go ahead. Go for it. Like, give me the death penalty. So, of course, they're going to be like, no, no. <laughs> fuck you. You can sit in your cell for the rest of your life. You disgusting human being. The rest of his life was only 17 more years. Um, okay. Because he, he was like 500 pounds and he probably had like cholesterol problems. And uh, we have no idea. Actually, he was found dead in his prison cell at the Western Correctional Institution in Cumberland, Maryland on August 5th of 2017 at the age of 62. And there is zero details published about what happened to him. No one knows if he's murdered, if he committed suicide, if it was like natural. We just don't know. Wait, are you telling me that there was not an autopsy done? If there was, they might have just not released it because it doesn't seem like they released any information. I couldn't find anything at all. But we haven't even gotten to the bad part yet. I was just going to say, like, (laughs) I am over this case and I haven't even gotten to the part of why you've been calling him Burger Boy this entire time. Okay. 
So now we're going to go to his confession. We're going to just go back in time a little bit. These are his own words. Please don't come for me because these are not my words. These are his words. <laughs> these are not my words. <laughs> so this is a little letter. He wrote a little article about himself. No, 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 no. You don't <laughs> I know you guys can't see this, but I really wish you did because Morgan shimmied when she said letter. Letter. <laughs> I don't know why that happened. I have no explanation for my life. That was hilarious. Okay, so this was his little confession letter. letter article, whatever. I'm not ready, but I'm ready. Hit you're, me with it. You're not. Okay. <laughs> to start out, I will tell you about myself at the present moment, which is locked up. I am 48 years old. I weigh about 450 pounds, and it's not all fat. I've been locked up for almost eight years now, but when one has been sentenced to a couple of life without parole sentences, that doesn't matter anymore. <laughs> what? Hold on, hold on, hold on. I'm 450 pounds, but it's not, not all, all fat. fat. No, it is. That's exactly what it is, my friend. <laughs> oh my I have God. no problem with being locked up, for no one put me here but myself, no and shit. I deserve to be right where I'm at. Because mm -hmm. I had 12 law-abiding jurors that told me so in a couple of different cases. <laughs> ha. Ha. Literally, he wrote, ha. Ha. That's the next part. Um, oh I was only convicted of two murders and one kidnapping for the one that got away. I got 50 years for her. The first murder, I was sentenced to life without parole. The second one, they gave me the death penalty. I sat on Maryland's death row for three years, and then they overturned my sentence and gave me another life without parole, and they sent me down here for the rest of my life. I killed seven people, three men and four women. Two men I chopped up with an axe under a bridge in South Baltimore. I was found not guilty for them, though, because they couldn't prove I did it. Under that same bridge, I also killed two women and one man who was fishing, who just happened to be in the wrong place at the wrong time. I weighed their bodies down and put them in that river. I showed the police where I put them about three years later, but they couldn't find them, so they couldn't charge me for them. Soup's cash. My murder rampage started out as revenge, but ended up as a passion for the taste of blood and the overwhelming sense of power one gets for taking the life of another. Oh. That was just his intro, self-titled intro. Murder now we're into self-titled rampage. My story. Oh, my God. That was just the intro? That was just the intro. It all started back in the July of 1994. I was at work. I was a truck driver. I was working overtime this one night. Then I got off and went home as I always did. But when I opened the door and turned on the light, I noticed that there was nothing there. My old lady had taken everything, including my son, and left me. Her leaving was not my problem. But she took my six-year-old son with her. She was a crack addict and a worthless piece of shit. I would have paid to get her out of my life. All she had to do was take my son over to my mother's house and she could have had everything else and been gone. I found out about six months later, she had moved on to the other side of town with some asshole that was selling her ass for drugs. <laughs> they got busted for drugs and they took away my son for them for took away my son from them for drug abuse and negligence. I had no chance of going to social services, social services and trying to get my son back due to my past criminal record. So I took it upon myself with the hatred I had for these two who lost my son to go looking for them. Uh, he's a good writer. <laughs> like, he says a really nice scene. <laughs> I had found out from someone 
that they were going under that bridge and getting high with some homeless motherfuckers who lived under that bridge. (laughs) Go off. I went under there looking for them. They weren't there, but the two homeless motherfuckers they got high with were down there. They were passed out on some old stinking mattress, and that's where they were when I left, except they were dead from being chopped up. (laughs) Oh, my God. (laughs) That same night, I lured the first crack whore down under that bridge. I got high and was trying to get information out of her about my old lady's whereabouts. She acted like she didn't know, so I beat the hell out of her and raped her ass, then killed her. I put her in some bushes and went and lured the second bitch down there. I did the same to her as the last one, but I was about to throw her in the bushes when the other one I, or with the other one when I noticed an old black man down by the river fishing looking back up at me. I grabbed a steel pipe that was lying by and ran down on him and laid his head wide open. So I put the two girls and him in the river and weighed them down with rocks. That was a very busy night for me. Five <laughs> murders within seven hours. I washed up. Yeah, because they were all the same night. Fucking stop. That was a really busy night for me. <laughs> Fucking stop. It gets worse. Stop. We're not even at the fuckery. I am just done. I You're am- just like waiting for this giant rock to drop. Done. I washed up in that river and cleaned up the crime scene as much as I could, then left. Two and a half weeks later, I was arrested and charged with the murders of the two men I chopped up. I spent close to 18 months in Baltimore City Jail waiting to go to trial. The trial lasted one week, and I was thrown out of court for lack of evidence. I was free again. I went back and talked to my old boss about giving me my job at the pallet company. There was a little trailer on the property, so I told my boss to let me stay there and I could keep an eye on the place. He agreed to this and gave me the keys to the front gate in the main building. The company was on a dead-end road and was very isolated. It was perfect for what I wanted to do. I lured two more crack whores up there to my trailer. I love that he refers to them all as crack whores. Yeah, right? Because I've never heard someone just casual conversation be like, yeah, those crack yeah, whores. Yeah, crack whore. I killed and butchered their bodies up. I cut the meat up and put it in some Tupperware bowls and then put it in the freezer. I buried their remains in several shallow graves in a little woods behind the company. Over the next couple weeks on the weekends, I opened up a little open pit beef stand. I had real roast beef and pork sandwiches, and why not? They were very good. The human body tastes very similar to pork. If you mix it together, no one can tell the difference. Stop. 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 No. Everything was going pretty good until I ran out of my special meat. No. So I lured another bitch up to my trailer. I got her in there and started to rip her clothes off and knocking the hell out of her. She was screaming, but there was no around, no one around to hear her except me. And I just kept laughing at her. I turned around for a split second, and that was my mistake, for she ran out the door before I could get to her. There was an eight-foot link chain-link fence with barbed wire on top of it around the front of the company. There was a stack of wooden pallets next to the fence about 10 feet high. That bitch scaled those pallets like a monkey and jumped the <laughs> fence and ran down to the main road where some guy in a pickup truck picked her up and took her to a nearby gas station where they called the cops. Well, I knew the cops were on the way, but I didn't run. I gathered up her clothing, grabbed the keys to the gate, and went out and opened it. As soon as I stepped out of the gate, a cop car pulled up. Another cop jumped out and pulled his gun on me and told me to get on the ground. And that's where it all came to an end. That's also where he tossed the clothes at the cops. Can we just appreciate that bitch scaled the fence like like a a monkey? monkey. (laughs) I love that he sounds like slightly like admirable of her. He's like, yeah, that fucking. He's like, yeah, that bitch like a fucking monkey. You see that shit? It was an eight foot fence. (laughs) 
She took me down, or they took me down and booked me. She had told them that I said I was going to kill her like the rest, which was true. (laughs) They had me sitting in a little room down at Homicide, drilling me and damn near kissing my ass, (laughs) trying to find out what I had done. They pulled me out of city jail every day for a month, taking me back and forth between the company and the bridge. I had them going crazy over at the company, digging up the remains of those two bitches there, because I had the remains buried in seven different holes. The only thing I feel bad about in any of this is that I didn't murder the two motherfuckers I was really after. And that's my ex-old lady and the bastard she got hooked up with. Well, that's my story. Horrible, but true. So the next time you're riding down the road and you happen to see an open pit beef stand that you've never seen before, make sure you think about this story before you take a bite of that sandwich. Sometimes you never know who you might be eating. Ha. Ha. Story time. There's... (laughs) <laughs> so I work I work at U of M, right guys? And on campus across the street from my building in the summer is this guy who brings his little cart and sells hot dogs out of it. People. And I am never going to look <laughs> at that cart the same again. And that's why he's Burger Boy. And so many of my coworkers go to that cart too. I can't. They're all cannibals. <laughs> you work with cannibals. It's it's a fact. All hot dogs contain at least one percent human meat. <laughs> well, there you go to all of my coworkers that listen to this. More than just ruined cannibals. your day. <laughs> Sorry, guys. So many of my coworkers listen to this too. Like yeah, just I just had to so wait till the very day. end. I couldn't ruin that. God, what in the? F- He's honestly a great storyteller. <laughs> no, no, you don't get to try to make this better by saying that this was well written. I just like, I just love he says the craziest shit, and he's just like, I should, yeah, that's true. Just like the, he's just soups casual about so much shit that he's you should like, not be soups casual about. Yeah, these cops try to say that I ate fifty people. Yeah, that's true. (laughs) You're not even wrong. So, yeah, never eat at beef stands. I don't know why you would anyways, but don't. 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 (laughs) Life lessons with Morgan. Don't eat at beef stands. Don't. Just, just. Since we're on the topic of cannibalism, I'd like to point out that Morgan's wearing a button that says cannibals are people too. Yes, I am. I got. I actually didn't even realize I was wearing it until I got here because it's just been attached to this skirt forever. I think that's what makes it better is that you didn't do this intentionally. You just casually had a cannibals or people too button on your clothing all goddamn day. Well, I wore this skirt when I was in San Diego and I went to the Museum of Man and they had a cannibal exhibit. No, you don't get to justify this. And it's been on there ever you since. You don't get to justify this. <laughs> I mean, cannibals are people, too. I am never eating anything that you make ever again. <laughs> I'm not a cannibal, but I can tell you the best cuts of meat. <laughs> it's for my dissertation. Don't judge me. <laughs> I'm not a cannibal. I'm done. I am at a mental place of just done. So, you know the drill. Follow us on oh my God, I don't all of the things. <laughs> Bitches and Murders Podcast, Instagram, Facebook, Patreon, Spotify, Apple Podcasts, you now. 
and Twitter, the odd man out. And at murders. Anna murders. <laughs> and our business email, which is bnmurderspodcast.com. Yeah. Email dot us. Com. No. bnmurderspodcast at gmail. Just dot, just dot com. We need to make a website. Do you see what you've done? I am. Do you see what you've done to me? I have just melted your brain I completely. I am just. You didn't need it anyways. It's fine. <laughs> uh, and then uh, I just stay spooky, but not so spooky that you serve other people. People you murdered. Not that spooky. Don't don't be that spooky. We don't like that kind of spooky. <laughs> not so spooky that you do all of these horrific things and then super casually talk about them. Not don't be that spooky. Not that spooky. Too spooky. I hate it. Nope. We're done. Not that spooky.